The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. On the show today, it is a bonus Ricky. It is trade deadline eve. It seems like the only trade left on the board is for the Sixers to trade one number 25 to the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. Welcome to the trade zone. Before we get going, this part of the pod has now turned into just, these aren't even wedding wishes. I had to read this. This comes from Madison. Matt, Hi, I'm Madison. I have a weird request. My boyfriend is y'all's biggest fan. I'm literally listening to him crack up to your pod right now while he's doing dishes. My boyfriend's name is Alex, and he's the funniest, kindest, and most genuine person I've ever met. He's also the biggest Sixers fan. I was wondering if you'd either just read this on the show or say hi to him on the pod. I've been trying to think of a perfect thing to show him how grateful I am. Thanks for your time. There's there's nothing else. We're just telling Alex uh, how much Madison loves him. Yeah, anything. And that's what we we offer that service. Yep, absolutely. Normal service for us to offer. Um, also, a new uh, Carl Landry Record Club pod came out today. Me and Mootlu talked about Beach Boys' pet sounds and the Backstreet Boys' Never Gone. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to a bonus Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has a dark room ready for a Thursday night pod in which he may not even be alive for it. That is one, Mike Levin. It is a bonus podcast. A Mm -hmm. bonus podcast in the sense that nothing has happened yet. Yeah, But we are ready to talk about it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. CJ made a good point. You, You suggested the extra pod, the the trade deadline Eve pod. And CJ made a good point. He said that, you know, on Thursday, people will just be nervously, anxiously waiting and want something to listen to. So uh, so that's what we're doing here tonight. There have been some developments, right? Not just with the Nets and the Sixers, but with the other teams around the league, which I think influenced this. You know, the McCollum, what, what do you want to do first? The other trades or the, the Sixers situation or what, what do we do? I, I don't know how to set it up. Well, we could talk about those maybe specifically later, but it seems like there are teams that are now more off the board. Right. So because, which is backing us even more into a corner of like, <laughs> it's kind of got to be James Harden. <laughs> right. Which so is different. So it, it's a lot of stuff that, had been rumored to be potential, you know, Simmons packages, you know, that Tyrese Halliburton gets traded Gone. with, with Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson for, uh, 
Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, a second round pick. So those were both, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever really seriously considered Indiana, but we had talked about it. So those were both packages that could have been Sixers packages. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the, I think we had all come to believe this wouldn't happen, but there was the McCollum, Nance, and Snell to New Orleans for Josh Hart, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, uh, Didi Luzada. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Nikhil uh, Alexander-Walker, and then a first and two seconds. And then then, Nikhil got rerouted to Utah, and Sato got rerouted to San Antonio. Correct. And then before that, we we didn't talk about this, I don't think. There was Norm Powell and Covington, the Clippers, for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson. Also, I, I think you could go back and forth on this, but my perception is that what Portland did was for Damian Lillard, not... Like it's a tank for this year, but a space opening sort of for next year. So I, yeah. I think, not that it totally took Lillard off the board, but I, I think it took Lillard off the board for the summer. To be quite honest with you, I think at least for this for this deadline, I don't know about for the summer. If if Dame mm-hmm. decides like, okay, you did some stuff, but he just keeps giving quotes saying how much he loves it there and yeah. he's gonna win one there and it's like he's gonna be like seventy five years old and he's gonna be like I, I wish I would have won one here I wish I you know, it's like you're not going to it's not but you know after, it's a bad organization after so I I saw the reports obviously as we get into the Sixer stuff first of Windhorse today who <laughs> like I didn't hear it I only read the quotes but you can very, hear <laughs> just very so quiet. tired yeah. <laughs> He's never been refreshed in his life, Brian Windhorst. <laughs> he looks a little like uh, who is the uh, Paul Bearer? There's a little bit of Paul Bearer with the, 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 the dark circles under the eyes. Anyway, so he was just, saying just that, holding up a BlackBerry like the urn, <laughs> like the urn. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically said, like he said, he wasn't going to use the Q word. But that, you know, James Harden was quitting on the Nets and he just wanted this so badly. This is just relating to Lillard for a second. With Harden potentially basically doing this, basically like quitting his way out of two teams in two years, and then Simmons doing what he's doing, I do respect Lillard more. Because this is like, this is horseshit. Like what, what Harden is pulling, whether we get him or not, and I hope we get him, like it's, it's horseshit. What Ben Simmons is doing is horseshit. It's all sort of bad you know um all the different completely different situations but but neither one like you know he's being abused or something like you know neither neither situation is perfect but uh i i kind of like the fact that damian lillard you know is insistent on winning there maybe he never will but you know there's something admirable a little bit about it you know maybe adorable that he's so committed to the team i have no interest in admirable go Mm. win okay get some wins i don't think it's like cool what harden is doing if you're whatever yeah. but like it's also not cool that Kyrie's not getting vaccinated and playing half the games like sure. it's like yeah. if you're him he's like harden's like what the fuck dude what are we doing here yeah yeah um, i i but the three months away from free agency it's like whatever but yes so okay so brian windhorse says well the other thing just <laughs> oh, to tee okay. it up yep. in the in sabonis getting traded to sacramento it meant he wasn't getting traded to the wizards so it was like okay interesting Beal situation, maybe they do decide as they keep free-falling. Maybe they do decide, let's move Beal if he asks like today. But then it was announced yesterday that he's having season-ending surgery. So if we're assuming the Portland deals were made 
with Dame in mind, getting mm-hmm. some like bigger, more defensive-minded guards, and believing that Anthony Simons is not much of a step down, if any, from McCollum. Um, then they want to keep him, and now Beal's off the table also. So it really is. It really it, it is looking like, and you know, for a while we were doing the like, all these guys seem available, mm-hmm. but like the reason that he's not that Dow's not moving on them is because he's hoping for a bigger fish. Right, and then the bigger fish came became available. If you believe most of the reports, although even Woj reporting against it still seems like eventually it'll happen, but he just not thinks Woj is pretty adamant that it's not happening like right now. Although other people are more adamant about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- then it's like okay, the big fish is here. But then those little fish that you could have gotten or the, like that would have helped, those are now basically all off the table. And so right. now we only have the Harden option available unless suddenly. SGA or some, you know, Atlanta. Spurs. Atlanta was Atlanta. St- you're right. Atlanta's still on the table. I mean, Boston's been winning, so Jalen Brown, has, who is maybe never available, seems like even less on the table. The, some like Spurs or Wolves combination, those teams have been pretty quiet. So, or it's just James Harden, or we just get James Harden. The other deal you didn't mention was Karis LeVert, your guy, to oh, yeah. Cleveland, uh, which seemed like a pretty fine pickup and trade for Indiana on, on both sides. Yeah, I, I like Cleveland, you know, levels up just enough for the playoffs to make, you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't think they're within championship contender, but they're like, hey, we want to be we want to be a, a real nuisance in the playoffs, which I, I think they're going to be. A couple of guards that were that that were uh, YouTube big board stars, Darius Garland and Anthony Simons. Very proud of both of those guys. So, yeah, so Windhorse, Windhorse reports that the Sixers and Nets are in the deal zone. <laughs> which is such a great phrase. <laughs> Especially, and I'll give him credit for it. it. Not a windhorse guy. Yeah, I think he's one of the one of the least enjoyable people to listen to in the world, <laughs> um, just as for a listening experience goes. But the deal zone is a great addition to the trade deadline lexicon, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, I'm proud of him for it. Yeah, and I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I I apologize. I forget who it was, but if if it doesn't happen, deal zone does go down in history with star hunting. As yeah. as a couple of the, so Windhorse is insistent. I think that, it was Zoe that tweeted that. Oh, was it? He, Windhorse is, and I would know because I've read every tweet today. I've read yeah. all of them. I haven't. It hasn't been one I missed. <laughs> read them all. If there's like a politics tweet, I'm not. I'm. I haven't seen it. But if there's a if there's a trade line tweet, that is, I'm all over it today. So so Windhorse not only insists that that Harden is just dying to get out. But mm-hmm. also that the, screaming, screaming, for a trade. yeah, not using the keyword, not using the keyword though. He, Windhorse is suggesting that that Harden is dying to get out, and the Sixers and Nets are actively negotiating. Then Jason Dumas, who has had uh, um, accurate reporting on the Sixers in the past, clearly has a source, said that the Nets asked for Simmons, Drummond, Curry, and Thibel. I guess the reason that the deal hasn't gotten done is that Doc really drew the line at Drummond and uh, just wouldn't let it happen. Then his son-in-law doesn't care, right? Andre Drummond can't do it. Then Shams has been very quiet since the initial report. Uh, kidnapped, almost. Yeah, abducted. Um, Woj has basically said there are no active negotiations going on currently. Jake. Fisher said that Thibel is off the table or something. And then 
And then there have been numerous reports. My favorite, I don't know who Jordan Schultz is. He's verified, so I'm just going to say it. I think he has a podcast with CJ McCollum. Right, 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 right. Actually, that's our shoot. I think that's my company. Got it. We're not live. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, he he reported that multiple sources have confirmed to him that that Tyrese Maxey will not be included in a trade. Yeah. I just, I mean, how many sources could actually confirm that? Could actually confirm that that was true? I don't yeah. know. Two? I mean, probably someone from Tyrese's agency, which is Clutch. Assurances from Daryl that that's not happening. Yeah. Multiple means Doc, more probably, it. talking to people. Yeah. So so what do you think is going to happen? I think I think a trade is going to happen. You do. Um, I think it's just... Hit. Too many things heading in that direction and too, ma- too many reasons for both teams to be like, let's just get this out of the way now. For, for Brooklyn, Harden threw his like, pretty cool if your favorite player empowerment, pretty uncool if you're like, come on, man, just play hard. Um, is pretty much forcing their hand by his actions to. and having the tightest hamstring of all time. Um, and, and missing several games after Brooklyn's loss. Have they lost eight in a row, nine in a row? They got smoked nine. by Boston last I night. I think last night was nine. That's, I mean, that's a long losing streak. I was thinking about it today and then didn't act on it because I was reading too many tweets. But uh, what is the longest losing streak during a season for a team that won a championship? Oh, I don't know. And by or even the way, like made the championship. At, I, was, I looked at DraftKings right before the pod started. They are still... The favorites to win the championship, which is crazy. crazy. They're plus that's 320. But they've, they've lost nine in a row, but they are a total of three games behind the Sixers. So, you know, I from a, a Brooklyn perspective, man, there's just so many interesting, like, angles to this in there's terms of leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, we'll get into a second. Uh, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is sponsored by Mr. Leverage, Adam Kornblau. Cornblow and Cornblow. You want somebody to use leverage to get you what you deserve? That's Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. They use all of their leverage at Cornblow and Cornblow to get you what you deserve in personal injury. They are the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. Valerie, that's my wife, Delaware Valerie, uh, in the Delaware Valley. 40 years, Cornblow and Cornblow has been there doing their thing right? Making sure that people are represented the right way. And the best thing about Cornblow and Cornblow is that when you reach out to them to get Cornblow, you always get a Cornblow. Well, what do we mean by that? We joke about that, but what do we really mean? What we really mean is that when you call up these personal injury law firms that you see ads for, they're just referral services. But Cornblow and Cornblow, you actually get the guy. What a great guy who really cares, really fucking loves this stuff, which is important. Any sort of personal injury, medical malpractice, injured at work, car accident, slip and fall, um, all that stuff. 215-576-7200. 215-576-7200. If the Sixers don't make this trade, we're going to have a class action suit against them uh, right. for having to do a podcast tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow. Dot com. I'm going to spell Cornblow for you. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. All right. From a leverage perspective, there is the, the, the idea that if the Sixers really want Harden, 
that they will have to go through the nets to get him, whether it's now or in the off season. Now th- yeah. that now that um, you know, like that on if if no matter where Harden wants to go, if Har- I've, rather if Harden wants to go to Philly and that's the only place he wants to go, the Nets could say you're going to have to go through me to get him. Now, as I did mention on the last pod, the thing that could throw a wrinkle in it, and there have been rumors that have popped up, is the Sixers dumping Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons into cap space. Um, yep. But that's tough, and it could it, There was an announcement about about them having two possible landing spots. I think Kyle Newbeck reported it as well as a couple other places, one of whom is pretty obviously Oklahoma City. Right. Um, and so I think that's I think that's a hey, we don't need you if you don't want to make if you don't want to come to the table type thing, you could lose them for nothing in the offseason. Even though it would cost the Sixers, you know, the some amount yeah. to trade to, to get off of Tobias contract in this offseason, although with one few one less year of Tobias, it, it, the contract starts to look a little bit less terrifying. And Tobias has, let's say it, played better lately. Oh God, he has. He looks quicker. He's about everything. And even then, I'm still screaming at him during the game. I'm still screaming at him how how slow he is to rebounds. How slow? How like weak he is on rebounds. Jay Crowder just ripped a very, uh, an, a very necessary rebound out of his hands in the in the Suns game. So slow on passes, everything. Jay Crowder is like the actual opposite of Tobias Harris in so many ways. For somebody who plays the exact same position, he's yeah, you know, can do fewer things, but does the things that he does at a higher level for sure. Right. So also, you know what I noticed? This is yep. not about, but like they should have won that Phoenix game. Like we know this. Doc yeah. made some mistakes. They didn't have. They don't. They just don't have enough point guards. Like they please let somebody let's stop letting Danny like touch the ball. Unless he's shooting it, he shouldn't be allowed to. Tobias, for the season, look at Tobias's numbers year over year. You know how Joel became a, a a better passer and raised his passing numbers and all that stuff, and his rebounding numbers are so high and all that stuff. Tobias's rebounding numbers and assist numbers from last year are exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. There's so many more rebounds up for grabs, and so many more like possible, you know, distribution. And getting just moving the ball, getting some open looks for other guys, and they are exactly the same. It's it's pretty shocking. But well, he has been playing better lately. So, I my 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 feeling is I'd rather trade Tobias in the offseason if you can. I'd rather hold on in this season. I think it's I think I think they do have a shot to win a championship this season if this Harden trade happens. Okay. And I think Tobias is just a, a a big part of the team in the sense that they have there's the vibes are good. Maybe not for me personally, but I don't have to participate in good vibes. I don't have to be there for them. I'm you just not, have to retweet. I'm not contributing one way or the other. But for the team, they are enjoying it. Tobias is a big part of that. And I do think, like, if you if you trade Tobias for, like, not this, but, like, Buddy Heald, who's now on Indiana and, and maybe getting rerouted, um, then all of a sudden they're even smaller than they were before. And Tobias isn't a good defender, but at least he is, like, big and thick. So it's hard to replace that easily when they when they already are... are, are small and weak to begin with just to jump back to something real quick i mean the the problem with dumping tobias is that from a again from a i love the the leverage angle from a leverage standpoint the sixers lose leverage because whoever they're dealing with knows that they have to dump tobias right so and oklahoma city is happy to take advantage of that so in the end to your point and and sam sam pressy is notoriously 
good at getting yep. if you if you need him he's going to make sure you're paying as much as you could possibly pay for it for sure so then but then there's there is the idea that the the nets there are two bad possible bad outcomes for them if they don't make this trade bad outcome number 1 is just overall that they traded four firsts four swaps Jared Allen Karis LeVert Victor Oladipo for James Harden, who would leave for nothing, which is insane. Jared Allen, borderline all-star now. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was definitely a bad trade. And for people just being like, hey, Cleveland, just take him. Yeah. Very odd. So, so then there's the, so there's that, there's that, that could happen. But then there's also this other part that I think they're on some level, maybe we're just guessing, trying to figure out if it's, if it's possible at all is that he he sticks around and he never he just doesn't try the rest of the year. He yeah. sits out with a hamstring because the other the other part of that is, you know, when Kevin Durant comes back, maybe the way things are trending, the vaccine mandate goes away in New York, all of a sudden Kyrie Irving can play, they pull it together, they get to the finals and he's happy. He things can change in a short amount of time or he could just say, fuck you guys and say my hamstring hurts and not play the rest of the year and yeah. just throw even more water on this net season. Seems more likely the second one, especially because they lifted some, which is crazy that we're still talking about it and have to consider it about like NBA trades. But they lifted the mask mandate in New York, but the mm-hmm. vaccine mandate is still uh, still stands. So for now, yeah, it doesn't seem like any minute now that he's going to be able to play. And it's very weird that like if you're the governor or mayor are you cons- are you getting lobbied by the Brooklyn Nets to drop a vaccine mandate no. so Kyrie Irving can play it seems no. very insane yeah um so. but yeah i don't know i think both teams will still think that they have the leverage in this situation bodner made the point on twitter that the sixers could have been more invested in the idea of Halliburton who i do love who would be very helpful to this team as you as we talked about last year last podcast sure. They're, they haven't thrown an outlet. They've thrown like one outlet pass in the in a year and a half. Um, if the Harden possibility wasn't so real, Halliburton could have been like, okay, that's our guy. And uh, I think it's real. I, th- I just think it's very real. I think both teams are, are invested in having in having this happen now. Um, I think some of the smoke is like whispers from Clutch, so that the just like snowball Chaos. momentum yeah. can like happen. And if it, if a deal doesn't happen, then when they go into like, try to go get Ben's money in the off season and like a trial or arbitration or whatever, they can be like, look how it could have happened. But Daryl was stingy and he clearly didn't want to trade him. So he should have to pay him the money that they have been finding him, whatever. Um, yeah, but it's weird. Cause like Wendy and formerly Shams who has disappeared, uh, in the back of JJ Reddick's Uber, uh, was saying, <laughs> Like it's happening. It's very close. You know, deal zone operation deal zone is a go. And Woj on the same network is like, no, it's not close. They haven't talked. They don't even have each other's numbers. They don't know each other. Sean Marks, they thought is a a different Sean Marks. Daryl Morey. I have an uncle Daryl. Maybe he's talking to him. Like it's just, there's nothing, nothing's happening. And it's just very weird to be like, it's the same network. These guys are coworkers and they're, and they have wildly different stories. So I, I, it's hard to parse what that means, particularly. Well, it's, um, it's that all, every, yeah. everybody's full of shit, sure. you know? Not that nothing is happening. Everybody, if, if I was a casual sports fan looking at the NBA right now, 
I would be like, this is a shit show. Like, what the fuck is going on here? It's a disaster. The the reporting on it is a no offense. Everybody's trying to do their jobs, I, I guess, and it's a it's the media atmosphere that's being created, and it's fun, and it creates content for us. But like mm-hmm. from a sports standpoint, like just from the the purity of the like the sports is fucking a disaster. And then you go on Twitter and you're like, okay, Jaden Springer is sitting out and also changed the number in his profile. And, <laughs> Ky- and it's, he was Kyrie Irving's number. And now he's the number that Tyrese Maxey is. So is that weird? And they changed it back. It's all very odd. It's very, very odd, but I don't know. And then I, and then you get worried because Miami traded Casey Akpala, who was a bad draft pick. I think Miami gets a lot of credit for like only drafting great, but like they've had a ton of misses also. Mm-hmm. And they traded Casey Akpala to OKC to basically get more draft pick maneuverability. Yeah. And now it's like, well, what the fuck does Miami have up their sleeve? Yeah. And like, all of a sudden, are they trading Tyler Hero for James Harden and just like slipping at the last minute? I don't know. I haven't seen that reported anywhere. But like, I get worried when Pat Riley gets his fucking greasy hair in there. Um, again, I did have Pat Riley's hair when I was in fourth grade. So that's not, a, not an insult. Um, and it's just like, it's just, it's just very stressful. I'm looking at the <laughs> tweets. I'm trying to parse. I'm trying to stay calm. It's hard to do. But I do think at the end of the day, Harden being this like demonstrative, being like, uh-huh. get me out of here. I don't want to do this. And Ben being like available and Ben being like a really good fit around Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant um, and a bunch of shooters is small like small ball five. Maybe that would be really nice. That would be perfect. And even I mean, Ben, even if you don't, you know, Ben wasn't a great small ball five here, but like then Durant is the small ball five. Like who gives a shit? Like. He's an incredible player. Durant, Durant makes up for so many other people's mistakes and makes it easier on everybody else. So I, I think it's going to happen. Like, I think a trade is going to happen. I think it'll probably be Seth, who had a terrible game uh, in Phoenix and has had a pretty bad last you know three weeks or something like that. Um, not that they couldn't get a Danny replacement in buyout or a quick little trade, but like you saw in the Dallas game that Matisse didn't play in, right? It was Dallas. Um, they struggle so hard defending anyone on the perimeter. Um, and no, it was the Bulls. It wasn't Dallas. And uh, and Matisse Matisse is gonna match. You can match minutes with with Devin Booker. I think he did a pretty good job. Although Booker's a really great scorer and does a bunch of great stuff, so like he's gonna get his. But he still played well against him. If if like Danny is your best defender, or you're just like begging someone to step in the last minute, and and all of a sudden have, you know, I think Harden is a big is obviously a huge piece to come in and say like, figure it out over the next two months, and then go make a championship run. But if most of the other pieces are, or at least a good amount of the other pieces are, still there, and he can just sort of blend in and take over, and and then when he's when he's on the bench, then Maxi, and it's like okay, this this lineup we have, it's just like the more, I think the Sixers definitely need some adjustments. And they definitely need another point guard, even if they do get Harden, they still need another point guard. But like, you'd like there to be some stability from for the rest of the season. That's why I still want, I think, want to keep Tobias for at least this rest of the season because it's just a lot of things to come together at once. I think one guy, as you saw with Toronto, although that was during a full season. Kawhi, you can like blend him in and make it work, but you still need some some continuity. And so I, I hope that they don't trade Matisse, obviously, also because they're going to need wing defense. And I think that, as you said last time, Harden, one of the best passers of all time. Matisse, his cutting and athleticism, something this team doesn't have much of, 
will be way more valuable with a guy that would actually make that pass. And so many guys on the team just don't make the pass. Seth and Tobias, and sometimes Embiid, just like looking at it, waiting for it, not not willing to make it, not seeing it, pulling the ball back, Seth waiting for applause from the crowd. Like, <laughs> it, it'd be so great to have a, a guy who can actually make a pass on this team. I have a, a low possibility conspiracy theory for you that I will give you right after we talk about our other sponsor for the pod, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. I hope if the Sixers do win the title and they need rings, they go to L.L. Pavorsky, like over 250 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners, and one person who has a TTP ring with $10,000 worth of diamonds in it. <laughs> I wonder where that is, that fucking ring that he gave away. The first sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast and the dad of a child that used to break, um, break minor Sixers trades occasionally, Jake Pavorsky. <laughs> You remember that when Jake would Jake had sources? It was sure. the shit. LL Pavorsky drove the first sponsor of the Ricky. Like I said, over 250 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL Pavorsky and one rights to Ricky Sanchez host. That is Mike, who got his fiance Alyssa's engagement ring from LL. A kind soul, a great jeweler, and somebody who is not going to pressure you into anything. And no matter what you're spending. From $1,000 to $100,000, we should get a cut. If it's one $100,000 ones, $1,000 one, don't worry about it. But the $100,000 one, we should get a cut. But no matter what you're spending on your engagement ring, he's going to treat you exactly the same. And that is fucking golden. He does it for everybody. 707 Walnut in Philly, 215-627-2252. If you're going to get an engagement ring, make an appointment first. Email lee at llpavorsky.com or tweet at him at llpavorsky, llpavorsky Jewelers. We'll provide the Sixers championship rings, and oh, wait, it's a trick. They're engagement rings. Now they're fiancés with LL. <laughs> That's a good one. So here's my conspiracy theory. I don't, I don't think it's likely, but I was, it popped into my head today as all of the other trades that Maury was potentially interested in went off the table, right? But Brooklyn's sitting there, and they're like, this fucking asshole, James Harden. Yeah. Trying to force his way to Philly. Oh, you want him? Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to engage you just enough so you don't make any of those other deals and back you into a corner. And sure. you, if, if you don't give us what we want, let him rot on the fucking bench. Because because no matter what, we're not winning a title anyway. Or we, we have, Ky, you know, our backup plan is having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It's not a bad backup plan. We're not We're not doing this. It's possible, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that NBA teams are generally in the in the business of like, we're going to bench our star that we traded all this money for, and if he's unhappy, like whatever, we'll tank our season to kind of fuck with you. They have to like I'm sure that's been like a thought that's crossed their mind, and I, I don't rule out the idea of even if they're like I'm sure there are some people in the front office who are determined to be like, we cannot trade him he will come around when Durant right. gets healthy in like It'll a be month. Fine. Yep. Um, whether or not they lift the vaccine mandate, it'll just be like, it'll be fine. Cause Durant and Harden, that's still a team that can go for a championship, whether or not Kyrie's there or there half the time, whatever. Um, and maybe they just go like, okay, let's just replace Joe Harris who can't seem to get healthy and fi- and figure it out. But they're not like young. Like Harden's not young. 
Durant's not that young, injury prone. Like they made this big trade, several big arrangements Mm -hmm. to get these guys so that they can win a championship. They haven't done that. They kind of haven't even come close. Like they haven't made it to the conference finals yet. So if they're thinking like this is the, the, the vibes of this are very bad. They could just go, let's get at least a little younger. It's not like Ben is inherently less risky than Harden as he's sitting out the whole season, but at least he's younger and, and healthier and willing to play defense and defers to your two stars that are already there. Maybe next year, I don't know about Kyrie getting vaccinated. I have no idea what next season would look like for a vaccine mandate. Is this going to be the rest of Kyrie's career in, in playing for a New York-based team? I have no idea. It's very strange. Odd that he would make this decision He's taking a stand for nothing. Good stuff, bud. But I I could see them being like, all right, at least we got Ben and KD and we have this for three plus more years of KD's prime rather than like Harden. Even I I think the thing is that they're they are even before this, you know, Harden acting out more on the court and, you know, scoring four points against the Kings and, and visibly not trying that hard. And I th- only going to the bench last night so he could show his Adidas jacket that the Adidas Twitter account kept advertising all That's day. pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that it was pretty cool. You got to get <laughs> him. Yeah, you got to get that money, whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that they probably are skittish about paying him as much money as they have to pay him. And so they could look at this and go like, we can pay a guy who's obviously way better on defense, who's way younger, who's already signed to a deal that is far less than Harden's max will be. And he's going to like want to be here, presumably. That's just, that seems like a thing. That seems like it's just an, e- an, an easy trade to make. I think the, if the Sixers were in a different division or a different conference, I think the deal would 100% be done. Yeah. Already. Yeah. 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 I think it's a little weird because they're both going for it this year. They're both in the same conference, same division, play each other four times a year, all that stuff. And I think they just feel a little pot committed to the, to the hardened trip that they made. But, I think we're too far down the road already and it's better for both teams if we're just like everybody be adults and like let's swap these guys who don't want to be where they are and we'll give you a couple more things not everything here's Seth Curry here's two first round picks maybe one pick and like an Isaiah Joe or something we're not like thrilled about the return it's not Ben for not just Ben but like it's a it's a fair reasonably fair deal and we all like go about our lives and feel way happier about it there's something about just everybody's workplace would be better off with that. Like the Sixers wouldn't have to be answering bullshit Ben Simmons questions anymore. Brooklyn wouldn't have to take this like hardened headache into the off season. I, I get a couple other guys. I it just seems rest of the season very reasonable team. that everyone would, would decide like, come on. Like that's, I want to just bring everybody together and be like, come on, come on. I just, it's I, fine. Can't, I can't do, I can't do. If he doesn't get traded by three o'clock tomorrow, it means he's on the team until July. Yeah. June. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> we, we're going to have to go through all these news cycles about him maybe coming back. No. Oh, my God. No. I just, I can't do it. Not I happening. can't do it. Not all right. Happening. Last thing. Last thing. Last thing. Well, and then I just wanted to ask you about the Doc Rivers uh, best coach ever uh, story. But the last thing is, I don't think it gives me any pause, really. I think you have to do it. I, I really, the Sixers have to do this, I think. 
But Harden doing this again, like twice in two years, and the number of teammates, there's an excuse for all of them, right? But the number of teammates who have soured on this, you nervous at all? Um, I would be nervous if this was last year mm-hmm. and Ben was playing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, Ben's not shooting. It's, but like he's still trying very hard defensively and presumably Maxi hadn't taken the big leap forward. And so they were like, we really need this guy to come in. So like, let's do a Ben trade for him. But like, because we've already been through this round of workplace drama and people being fed up and Embiid being basically like, I'm the best player on the planet. I can play with all of these incredibly slow, incredibly passing deficient, a lot of them defense agnostic, doughy, not that strong, not that physical type guys, and I can bring them within like a couple games of the one seed. And then it's just like the 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 upside of pairing James Harden for the last couple years of I mean He's not in his prime prime, but he's still one of the best. He's still one of the best players in the league. He's still one of like top 10, 12 players in the league, whatever, when he's engaged. And it seems like if he wants to be here, he wants to be playing for Daryl and Tad, our boy Tad. He's friends with Tad. Tad's a good loves guy. Loves Tad. Who doesn't? He's, then he's, then he's it's just, fucking, I, I think it'll, guy. The, the odds of it ending poorly, I think are pretty high. He's going to be paid a yeah. billion dollars when he's 36, 37. But we'll get to But three, if we have a two championship, and a half years. Yeah. if we have a championship out of it, I don't give a shit. Like I, I'm, I'm only just now starting to get like slightly angry about the Eagles. And even then, like even next year, I'll probably still like be fine about it. If you win a like championship, you just have years of yeah, yeah. If you just have years of grace periods for them to be like, holy shit, the Sixers have not. And this is what I get. I think this is probably what Elton was thinking when he was like, I'm trading everybody for everybody. We're going for it all the time, constantly. But like the Sixers haven't made the conference finals. In over 20 years. The conference finals. Look at teams that have made the conference finals. And the Sixers just haven't done it. And they basically haven't done it. Because they don't have enough guys who can dribble and shoot. And, and I would add pass. And James <laughs> Harden does those things quite well. So even though it's probably going to end bad. It's probably going to be a big deal. There's a chance that him and Daryl and Tad are close enough to where Harden would be like. Look I'll get sponsorship opportunities. I don't need the full full max. Who knows? Th- that's not happening. I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. The Miami Heat big three did it. Maybe Harden I, will do it. Maybe honestly, Harden's just like, take me there. I want to win a championship. I haven't I, won one yet. I want the narrative about me <laughs> being this like kind of quitter, kind of bad teammate, kind of like occasionally out of shape guy to fade. And I want to be a winner and I want to win a championship in my, what, what presumably will be the last contract of his career. And he gets to play with a, with the best big man in the league who he's a, a kind of big that he's never played with, not even close. It's I, just like, you know, that's rose colored glasses, but even yeah, if it I does go badly, reason, it, at least I think they one have of the a, reasons he wants to get traded is so he can opt out and sign the biggest deal he can pops possibly. sign. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's almost, almost definitely true, yeah. but you never know. 
Maybe he wants to win that bad. Maybe he wants to turn the narrative on him again. He's got all the money in the world. Maybe he doesn't need it. I wouldn't yeah. care. I would rather win. Uh, the difference between like 225 million and 267 million to me wouldn't make a difference. Wouldn't couldn't even count that high. Somebody else is dealing with it. He doesn't have an agent. He's not like giving three percent of that, five percent of that away. Doesn't matter. But whatever. Maybe he's maybe he he wants those extra forty extra tech pressure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But it's just basically like the opportunity to have the rest of James Harden's best years paired with a rapidly developing Tyrese Maxey and Bede playing the best basketball of his career and looking incredibly healthy and good and assuming a leadership role that like many people never thought he would be able to assume. It just gives them a real chance to win this season in, in an East that's not solidified. A bunch of very good teams, Milwaukee, Miami, obviously Brooklyn. I, I don't, I don't really believe in Cleveland just yet. I don't believe in Boston. Toronto's good, but they have like six guys. Everyone's playing like 46 minutes a night. It's crazy. But there's every, it's winnable. It's certainly like quite winnable right now in Chicago as well. But Bucks are starting I, to put it together a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. they've also had a, they had bad times also. There were yeah. like, there was a couple weeks there. I think it's just like a long season. It's weird with COVID still. They have a chance. Like Embiid, Harden, Maxi with Matisse just shutting down whoever. Tobias playing better basketball. It's like it's like they have a, they would have a legitimate, very good shot at winning a championship this season, and for seasons to come. Once once Daryl has like less than you know more than six hours to make the fine tuned tweaks of it. So, am I worried about it going poorly? Like for sure, but like that's a problem for us to do a podcast in the dark about in the future. Like we need to they need to, they need to go get this guy. The benefit is that like. While Ben is here, he's not. So it's essentially just an addition for almost nothing. That's why I've also right. been like people that were like, just trade him back in December, back in whatever, just get him off the team. Like, this is why you hold him. And it would be such a boon for Daryl to like have blocked out the noise, to have blocked out, you know, been able to pers- persuade the owners to like just trust him on this and not get panicky yet. And if they could trade Ben Simmons and like not a huge return, a couple late first, Seth Curry, whatever, for James fucking Hart, that would just be insane. That would be great. It would feel, we would feel so good about Daryl being here, about him finally pairing Embiid with like a real, real legitimate number two, number one offensive weapon. Like it would just be awesome. It would be the coolest thing in the world. And I hope it happens any minute now. Why the fuck hasn't CJ popped up yet? You asshole. So I just I tweeted at Maury just to ask him what's going to happen. Just I told him that we we're doing the pod live, so we'll see we'll see what happens. One last thing about this whole thing, and then I just wanted to ask you about the the coaches list that came out. The last thing, unrelated to the Sixers, but sort of related to the situation. It it is amazing to me how little other players seem to respect Kevin Durant. Maybe they like him as a person, respect him as a person. But, and I've actually, in his, like, the last few years of him, I've actually enjoyed him more because he just seems like a normal person. He handles yeah. things like a normal person. And and that is everything that he does, you know, badly that you make fun of. Like, it, it, I, I'm like, you know what? This is just a normal dude. But, like, everybody pulling this shit around him from the, the, the weird shit that happened in Golden State, from the other players to the owner to Harden pulling this shit with Kevin Durant there. If you're like the best player in the NBA and and you created this 
team or whatever, this sort of shit doesn't happen to you around. And it's just like, it's kind of a bummer. Like, I, I wonder what it feels like to him. Maybe he doesn't give a shit, but I bet he does. Like, I bet he does care because he's just like everybody else. And it, it's just amazing to me how little everybody seems to give a shit what he thinks, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, don't know. I, I feel like this wouldn't be happening if he was healthy. Um, mm. Yeah, well, they'd probably be better. You know? They'd be better, yeah. yeah. It's definitely like losing several games in a row and Harden being out there by himself playing with basically like the cast he was in in Houston being like hey, several Daniel houses out out there just being like you know this is this is the guy that I have to be I have to go to war with and stuff and it's like it just didn't seem like he was ready for that it seemed like he went to it's honestly seemed like he went to Brooklyn to be like all right I'm ready to be an elevated version of who I was in Oklahoma City and like we're sharing the ball everybody's feeling good but maybe that's in practice you know if a trade happens we can talk more about like Harden's actual like game style of yeah, play yeah, yeah, yeah. um we got to do a pod tomorrow too yeah. sure but it's like i don't know i don't I, I think in in philosophically i think he was like all right great i'll come i'll i'll like age gracefully i'll do you know chris paul's still carrying a huge load in phoenix but he's also like doing the most efficient version of himself where he's like, I'm getting to my spots. I'm running pick and roll. I'm throwing perfect pocket passes. I am resurrecting fucking Bismack Biombo's career, whatever it has to be. And and Harden is like, I still have to go like ISO against everybody, like every possession. But I also think he devol- he like re- reverts back to that when he plays because that's the way he's played for so long. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I don't know. I think if Harden, if you asked Harden, I think he'd be like, I want to share the ball. I want to be like, not have to be you know 37 percent usage rate guy. But when he's on the court, it seems like he's like, give me the fucking ball. I'm not like, what am I going to cut? Right. It doesn't seem like he's that, he's that interested in that anymore. He likes the idea of not having to do everything, but right. yeah, the reality, not so much. So right. the NBA, the NBA in, uh, in honor of the NBA 75, their 75th anniversary, released the top, the 15 greatest coaches in NBA history yesterday. Red Auerbach, Casey Jones, Pat Riley, Chuck Daly, Don Nelson, Jerry Sloan, Red Holtzman, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, Lenny Wilkins, Jack Ramsey. And I leave the uh, last four, Steve Kerr, Larry Brown, Eric Spolstra, and one Doc Rivers. It seems stunning to me that Doc Rivers is on this list. Uh, It actually seems stunning to me that Larry Brown and Eric Spolstra are on the list as well. Larry Brown especially. Yeah. Like, I think Spolstra's a good coach, but... Definitely overrated, but definitely a good coach. Have there just been not as many coaches as I would think? Like, wouldn't you put Mike D'Antoni on it? Yes. Uh, yes ahead of to D'Antoni. Absolutely. Doc Rivers, Larry Brown. Eric I think Spolster. that these kinds of lists from the people that are voting on them, who I'm sure no one's under 55. Right. I'm certain of it. It's just like guys they've heard of. Mm-hmm. Guys who coach probably the right way. D'Antoni probably like pissed people off with the way he coached and like broke the mold and stuff. And I think for a lot of those guys, it's just like I don't I genuinely don't know who voted voted on it, but it's like it's probably just who won championships, who have I heard of the most, who has been on the most teams, who's done it for the longest. Like I think it's just he's been doing it a long time. And that's kind of that. I can't think of definitely D'Antoni, but I, I can't think of who else is like Doc I don't know, Rivers, like Tom Janovich, Larry Brown. 
I don't know. Fuck are we doing? Larry Brown's not was not a good coach. Larry, Larry, what are we doing here? It's just guys they've heard of before. It's just like who's been doing it a long time? Who's a lifer? Like that's it. We did get a uh, a good a a good email question from uh, Becca about this. She said, "Now that Doc has." Been formally recognized as one of the 15 greatest NBA coaches. Is this incentive for him to retire? <laughs> I agree with Spike in that a lot of times he doesn't seem to want to be there. Body language police. And it also seems like he's very into the idea of being respected. Really this is. list seems like the ultimate sign of respect. Although I've seen some response for, that it's odd for Doc to be on the list. And I agree it's weird. Basically, this is a long-winded way of asking, what do you think will happen this season? Would have to happen this season for Doc to hang it up? I think it's possible, actually. I do think he's over it, but you know. know. All right. I would I would like, you mm-hmm. know, just just to Sixers Adam, we should have said this before, but Sixers Adam wrote a very good trade deadline primer. He does it every year. Does it every year, puts his heart and soul into that little guy, sweet little guy, seven years old, writing for us. Um and I've been texting him about it extensively, which is weird, <laughs> texting a teen. Um but <laughs> <laughs> would love a couple, just a couple guys that would be helpful. Kenrich Williams would be so helpful on this team. Okay. Love Kenrich Williams. Oklahoma City would probably take two second round picks. They'll probably holding off on trading him for a first, but I don't think they're going to get him. Two second round picks for Kenrich Williams would be, would be excellent. Um, I would also like, I'm, I'd consider, I don't like him really personally or even his style of game, but like, Dennis Schroeder is fast with the ball in his hands Ooh, and has become a He would a drive us nuts, man. He oh, would drive absolutely us nuts. he would. Yeah. But they need something like that. Sixers Adam wants Howell Neto back. DJ Augustine is so cooked. Oh, my God. Please not. If there's a way to get Kemba, and I don't think there is, but Kemba would be cool. I know that he's not working in New York, but just as like a end of end-of-life Chauncey Billups type, just like catch-and-shoot, yeah. the occasional pick-and-roll, like do a little bit as a backup point guard. One with like, one playoff game where he goes off for 36 yeah, or some sure. shit. Yeah, I'd be fine. I don't think it's possible contractually if they bought, I don't, like maybe next year they buy him out and like let him go or something, but um, I don't really see it happening this year. There, I mean, Garrett Temple, I don't know. Not, not super exciting. If they if they trade if they did trade Matisse, I would definitely try to go get like Dan- David Nwaba, who's like a, another really good defensive specialist and some athleticism. Tory Craig is interesting to me. So you know, it's not thrilling. Lonnie Walker, I'd take a take a shot at a little young athleticism on the wing, decent shooting, some mm-hmm. slashing. Mm-hmm. There's not. It's not thr- if if the Wizards are turning like throwing everything away because Beal's out. I feel like they're going to hold on to Kuzma, who is just like. Yeah. Good, just a good player. But if they decide to like get rid of KCP, would definitely take KCP. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking that as as we were playing him, he is a a, a useful player. He's Very like useful. guard Danny who can dribble or something. Like, yeah, he's know, fast. He he goes out in transition. He moves the ball. He's cutting his ass off all the time. He plays defense hard. He's just like very capable. Mm-hmm. Not you know, obviously not running him out of point guard so it's not like the number one need but well on this team he might be danny's doing his thing um but yeah i would take a swing at like a ben mclemore if cork i mean cork just can't he hasn't been hitting shots man he just keeps not hitting shots and i and i'm waiting for the the explosion but it's not happening and i I do hope that like putting a point guard on an actual point guard on the bench 
so that he can just be like a more of a secondary guy would be helpful. But Macklemore is pretty good, just as like at least as a shooter, it gets hot. Not a great defender, but sometimes tries. And in my theory of everyone just needs to be on a good team for them to try on other on both ends, then that would suffice. But and I would consider if they if they move one of the young guys, one of the young big guys for a for a legitimate stretch stretch five, just to throw an option out there, you know, like a Trey Lyles or something like that. Um, just who can shoot a little bit. Maybe bring Mike Muscala home would be fun. Fun for everybody except for AU. Him and Maxi together would have to get like pictures of them together. Like maybe maybe Maxi like coming out of Muscala's birth canal like he was the, something like that, something fun like that. So yeah, there's other there's other moves to be made that they could happen. So I'd hope that Harden happens any minute now. CJ pop in please and tell us it did. Um so I, I hope that there's at least a couple hours for Daryl to be like, okay, what do we need? Who do we got? And like make a couple tweak type things. But I do think a Harden deal is going to happen. I think I think he's going to be on the team next time people see my face. All right. So you're predicting it is going to happen. I think it'll happen. I think it's going to be Harden for Ben, Seth Curry, one of... Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey, Paul Reeder, Jaden Springer, one of those guys, and then maybe a pick or two. So that would be that would that would be what I think. Yeah, I don't think it's happening till the off season, but I I'm barely fifty like almost fifty fifty that it happens tomorrow. I really have no idea. It's it's yeah. so hard to read. Everyone's everyone's lying so hard. I know that it's just hard to tell. Yeah, it's really tough. It does seem like a week ago it was like. 10 to 20%. Then this weekend it was like 20 to 30%. And now it's at least 50%. But to some, maybe higher. If you're Brian Windhorst calling for the undertaker to come out of the grave, then maybe, maybe you're in the seventies. Um, somebody, somebody in the chat called my, said I was wearing a bootleg Yankees hat. It is a New York Cubans Negro leagues hat. It is not a Yankees hat. So, oh, and then finally, one last thing. I don't know. I, I don't think this is from earlier. I'm sorry. CJ just put this in the uh, in the chat. Apparently, what and was this from earlier? I didn't see the Woj appearance. Yeah, I. That was this article, a new one? That that was a tweet linked to an article talking about what Woj said earlier. So, oh, okay. So that, that that they're prepared to have him here for the one year, like the Raptors did with Kawhi. Yeah. For, okay. I, I can't right. believe I CJ would pop up on a without live the trade pod to not to not say the trade has happened. The, the gall <laughs> to show your face. Well, if the trade doesn't happen, he's gonna have to talk a lot tomorrow. You're gonna be, you're just, you're gonna be in bad shape, man. Bad it's be, shape. It's gonna be this shot, except just me laying on the ground. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Perhaps, wait, how many hours are left to the trade deadline? 15 from now? 15 hours left in me. the... No, that's bad math. Okay. Then I won't it isn't? With you. Uh, no, I think... Oh, no, it's uh, 18 hours. 18 hours. 18 hours. 18 hours. Okay, we'll you. talk to you tomorrow. You down with TTP? Mm. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for plan B.